Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. We're back with another exciting and thrilling and um, electrifying, even. Electrifying podcast about investing your hard-earned money yourself (laughs) without anybody telling you what to do. I mean, it's about you growing up and being an adult. Oh, what a concept. I mean, imagine that you, as a large person with many years of life, act toward your money like a child. You are Wow, this is weirdly negative and condescending all of a sudden. Yes. I do not agree with that at all. Okay. However, well, that of course was exactly your situation five years ago, six years, however long ago when we started this podcast. You're a grown-up person with multiple years of life behind you and no idea how to handle your money. That is childlike. Is it? Child, children have no idea how to handle their money, so they have a parent who says, "Oh, let me show you here. We save this. Oh my and God! You can is this really this worth talking much. about? Sure, it's it is. just, it's just knowledge. It's just information. It's like saying because I don't know how to split the atom, I'm childlike when it comes to physics. Well, I don't no, know. it's is not that really correct? That. No, it is not like saying that. This is a skill that it is truly mind-boggling that we don't teach kids. I agree. And we don't teach them because the parents don't know. And the parents aren't doing it. And so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. If the tree isn't investing on their own, then the apple is not going to invest on their own either. Sometimes when the tree invests on its own, the apple still doesn't know. That's right. The apple still doesn't. Explain that to me. How is it possible that my children who've watched me invest for their entire lives have no interest in it and had no interest in it whatsoever for many, many years? We've talked about that so many times. Okay, then I've forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) We won't talk about it again. Um, Are you sure we've talked about it many, many times? Yeah. I don't know that we have. um, We're on episode 391. We've talked Mm -hmm. about it approximately 300 of those 391 Okay, then, then tell me, summarize this curiosity for me because I simply don't remember. The way you talk about it is not mm-hmm. a way that I understand. Okay, fair enough. The um, end. Like the that's way you the talk, reason. Oh, that's the end. Okay. Um, is there any, like, once you became an and adult. And thus our there, entire conversation. Yeah. And the reason that we structured this in a podcast so that we would have to talk to each other about it is that I wanted to ask you questions so that I could understand so that I could say like you have to tell it to me in a different way 
so that it'll start to make sense. Okay, now for the people out there who are not going to put on a podcast with their children in order to teach them to invest, which might be more than most of them, how would you teach your kids? Yeah, that's a hard one. I don't know, people ask me that a lot. Yeah, it's like, how do you teach your children? If I did it so badly that you refuse to learn anything... Well, if oh you don't God, look at what if is I, with this aggressive tone, man, like relax, chill. Relax, I refuse relax. to learn like, hey, chill just out. chill out. You chill out first. I'm chill. <laughs> I'm not, not uptight. I'm just saying that if I if you knew that you had to know how to change a tire and I didn't never taught you how to change a tire. It, could it be that the way I tried to teach you was ineffective? That's one possibility, right? So what I'm wondering is, if the way I tried to teach you investing was ineffective. But I have a question about that. Yes. Did you try to teach me? Yes. Just like I tried to teach you to change a tire, but you just didn't want to learn. You refused to get engaged with it. Like, what were the times that you tried to teach us? Because I, I remember you talking about it, but not really, like, specifically trying to teach. Well, I think, uh, gosh, I don't know immediately if there's a specific times. It was more like talking about it and seeing if you'd be interested in it and yeah. seeing that you weren't. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was lots of things in life that we parents try to get our children interested in and they are not interested in it. Yeah. Lots of things. It's not just investing. It's like totally massive spectrum of life, which is yeah. make, you know, what makes people so interesting, right? <laughs> we all have these different talents and interests and that whole thing. But there are some things that you simply have to learn. You have to learn how to read. You have to learn how to write. You have to learn how to do math. You have to learn how to do investing. But we don't teach that last thing at all. Yeah. Well, what I've heard, I mean, I don't have kids, so it's not been a direct, uh, like an immediate thing that I've been working on. What I've heard from people who are learning investing from you or from our podcast is that one thing they've tried with success is to give their kids kind of like a um, case study. So find something they're already and this is the same thing that I did you know except I did it as a 35 year old find something you're interested in already and then connect that to the larger company that makes that item or serves that service and show the child that you can actually support that company with their money in a different way than just buying the product so like I know a popular one has been Disney so like the kid really loves Frozen Frozen's Disney, right? I think it is. <laughs> like I would know. <laughs> Let's assume Frozen is Disney. I'm pretty sure it is. is. From. <laughs> and um and they have shown the kids, okay, like here's where this movie comes from. Somebody makes it. They're called animators. Like here's what that looks like. And it's created by a company called Disney. Let's look at the other stuff that Disney has made. And then the kids like, oh my God, it's all these things that I've heard of and like. Um and, you know, we went to Disney World last year and this is all like becoming connected. And, you know, a kid who's eight or nine can completely understand that. And then 
the parent um, gives them like some seed money as an investing account and they go and they buy some Disney mm-hmm. and skipping, by the way, the part about like the prices and all that stuff, like just looking at like, here's what a stock is and starting to understand that you could actually own one. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of what I did really. Like I called it practice shares where I just went and bought something that I liked just to go through the experience of it. And that's what, um, what several people I've talked to have done with their kids. And then the kids start to see that there's a price on this thing that they bought and that the price changes and the parent kind of goes with that. And they're trying to make it like a weekly thing usually. And, Mm -hmm. um, and help them get interested in whether or not this is a company that they want to stick with and follow and stay interested. And if they think it'll get better over time, I think that's as good a way as I've heard. You know, my, my dad and mom didn't invest, you know, and the reason they didn't invest, I, I think is because they didn't think they had any money. They didn't realize it doesn't, take a lot of money to invest but also because back then we're talking about early 1960s or so when I remember my my father talking to me about it a little bit um it cost a lot of money to invest you had to pay like one percent of the price of the stock to buy it and one percent to sell it you also had to have like a decent enough account size for it to be worth it for somebody to take your money right yeah yeah exactly so there were lots of things that are, were barriers then that aren't barriers now. But the biggest thing that was a barrier for me when, <clears throat> when my the one time I remember my dad talking about um, that he owned stock in she- in Standard Oil, Chevron uh, stock, and it was um, because of, you know he got a little bit of shares from his job, mm-hmm. and it was pointless to look at this the, the stock quotes in the newspaper. Like he would show me day after day the stock quotes. And I just remember over a period, I've watched this thing off and on over a period of a couple of years and it never went anywhere. Right? You mean like and the so, price didn't change or it didn't, yeah, it didn't change, change much? much at all. Okay. No, hardly any at all. And so my conclusion was that what a gigantic waste of time. Right. Right? I yeah. had no education about what kind of company, yeah. you know, why the stock is sitting, going yeah. nowhere. Yeah, Nothing. or what There's, even that price meant or anything. What it meant, no reference point at all. And so it was just straight over Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so like how how we teach kids is pretty pretty important. And I, I think that connecting to something you really do like, something you're interested in is a really good starting point. But I think it stops right there unless you also are able to communicate what this price is about right what for sure for sure I'm, you, you said kids so i think about like six years old seven years old eight years, like little oh kids. i'm thinking like early and then teens, i think maybe. as they get into yeah like early teens they're starting to do algebra in school like you know getting up to sort of like all right math is something that i'm spending more time on then i think you can really start talking about prices and, and that's absolutely the most important conversation then because that's when you get into like the fascinating stuff, not about price, but about value. Mm -hmm. Like how is Mm -hmm. this valued? And there's two layers. There's the actual value. And then there's what other people are willing to pay for it or sell it for. 
Right. And that is so when you when you like grasp that concept that there's these two different levels to it, it's like, oh, this there's like some there's like this whole other like universe happening, and it's oh, and for, so for me, interesting. There's also this side of of knowing that this business has value even if there's no market for it. This was oh yeah, that, very interesting. Totally wasn't communicated to me at all is that, it, you know, that the business itself is growing the value of your money that's in your business. Hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't, I never heard that. It, I, I never understood why people got wealthy investing in stocks. I thought it was all just sort of a gambling game. Yeah, yeah, like it's only the stock and that's it. There's yeah, no. it's only the stock. It's, there's no reference to the fact that this is a compounding machine. This is a financial compounding machine that is compounding your money at the return on invested capital level or even return on equity level. And it's massive, right? I mean, it's like these companies are compounding at 15%, 20%, 25% per mm -hmm. year, year after year after year. Nobody ever told me about that, that, that I could literally put my money into a compounding machine and forget about it. And it would make me rich. I mean, if I don't it's a think really good compounding grandpa machine. knew about that. <laughs> I don't think grandpa knew about that at all. I would he like didn't... to say, like, I understand you get a little defensive about the like, you didn't teach me stuff. And um, <laughs> I would like to say in your defense, oh. at that time, you were not teaching people how to invest. You were just doing it. And oh, well, good point. I think for you, like it didn't really occur. Uh, this is my guess from the outside. I don't think it really occurred to you that like you could sort of like teach us what to do. Like that was kind of, you were just sort of telling us this interesting stuff that you were working on. And the interesting stuff, as I put in the book, like that you find interesting is a lot of numbers about <laughs> companies. And like, True. that's not the kind of thing that really goes over well in a conversation with 14 or 15 year olds. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, see, I see the problem there. I think, I think if like, I think now, like with your grandchildren, you will behave, you will like talk about it very differently with them. I imagine. I gotta, I've got to figure, we, we need to have a talk. Maybe we should have it right now. How should <laughs> I talk to the grandchildren about well, this? I, think I mean, I, yeah. Okay. We have a four year old. I mean, she's, she can have a conversation with me. I don't see her getting thrilled. I don't with know. The idea I think at four. I mean, I think the prelude to like an investing conversation or an investing education is what is money? You know, okay. having Let's an allowance. Right what do you do with your allowance? What do you save it? I, do you spend it? Like you, those I've sorts seen, of basics. Have you seen some of your friends do just a really good job with like teaching their children about money? Yeah, I have. What's the best way that they've done it? Like the, what, the what best way like, that I've yeah. seen is a friend of mine who has family money for generations. And so I suspect this is how her parents taught her. And I was, um, it's very simple, but I was very impressed because I, I didn't do this. Um, so she started to give her kids just an allowance. Like I just said, not big, just and little though, little kids, like, like four or five, six. Mm -hmm. And just talking about like, what's money for? And what do we use it for? And what can you do with it? And here are the options. You can spend it. You could save it. You could give it away. So let's talk about why people would do those three things. Mm, 
Mm. And so then she actually set it up so that her um, child had like these three buckets. I don't know if it was like literally he had, you know, (laughs) bulls in the room or whatever, but she made it so he, he really understood these three sections. And it was very important that one of them be a giving section wow, and that so he understood that he could choose a charity or he could give it to somebody else. And, and she really wanted to instill that in him from a really early age. And I was just so wow. impressed by that. So, um, so I think, yeah, wow, understanding though. And, and, and then secondly, that it's really important to save part of it and not spend it all. And the idea that, you know, as a four or five-year-old, like they don't understand time. So the idea that you could save for a later date is very challenging. So it's almost like a really good way to practice that with something tangible with this money, um, as opposed well, to saying like, oh, no you can concept. get your ice cream like tomorrow if you're good or something. Well, they don't know what tomorrow is. Like they can't imagine that. But when you have something more permanent, it, it's kind of an interesting way to like learn that time concept I'm, I'm, there's no there's no element of investing in this in this training there's no investing bucket so there's the well so there's i would the call the saving, saving bucket, bucket was the eventually it turns into the this is what you can do with the saving bucket you can but you know the way they teach the way i think my parents taught me saving which mm-hmm. didn't stick at all <laughs> i mean when you have no money saving is a very it's Awkward very hard. Concept. It yes. certainly isn't about investing. And at the very best, it's about stacking up enough until you can buy the thing you want. Right? Oh, I was thought it's I think it's about stacking up enough to have peace of mind that in an emergency you can make when it you're, through. When you're seven or eight. Oh, when you're seven or eight, yeah. No, Not really definitely. Thinking like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if there should be a fourth a fourth bucket, a fourth thing, which is Okay, look, this bucket we're saving so you can get this thing that you're looking forward to in the future, which might be a difficult concept. And then there's this fourth bucket, which is we're going to put the money in this bucket and it is going to grow like a plant. I like that. So yeah, four, I like that a lot because it really then delineates the difference between the pure saving emergency fund or future giant toy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and investing but i like that a lot mm-hmm. yeah and then we could talk about um growing a, a big pot of money so that you can do what you want the rest of your life you have <laughs> plenty of money you don't yes. have to work you don't have to have a job you don't have to do anything anyone tells you to you can do exactly what you want because you have and that's financial where you've just lost everybody because the kids don't <laughs> care about that <laughs> Oh, uh, shoot. We need to make them care about that somehow. Oh, How would God, you... no, don't do that. That's like really? filled with worry and fear. No, it's just about here's something that's usable. How would you use it? Well, what if what if a kid is looking like at his parents and he doesn't, it, it, what's full well, you of keep worry saying kid. So yeah, kids, the, the seven, age eight, matters nine, a 10, lot. 11, 12, in that range. Okay. Someplace in there. It does matter a lot, of course. But just thinking that, the fear can come from seeing his parents and not wanting that life. I feel Fine. like there's some personal experience behind this. <laughs> yeah. This is like Somewhat. a really strong statement as a seven, eight, nine, ten year old. 
Well, that would be a pretty strong statement of a nine-year-old, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, right. Okay, so what do, you, what do you experience when you're a little kid? I'm just trying to think of what the kinds of experiences I had where it was, a, it was about money and I maybe didn't really realize it. Yeah. You know, there was, a, it was like a go-kart track uh, for racing go-karts that was really within walking distance of our little tiny farm. Mm-hmm. And it was like a dream. It was such a dream. I couldn't even dream it. I mean, I have a lot of empathy for people who are living in a situation in their life where they can't even dream the dream. Oh, me too. Because you know, we've I've all done that. There. We've all been there. You can't imagine that life. You know, and yeah. I think of kids, a lot of kids that are growing up really in, in some state of poverty, maybe their parents are welfare parents, or you know, which is the case with a huge percentage of people in the United States. And they just can't, they, they're not brought up where there's a, a, a thought going through your head that let's say you could become a go-kart driver. Totally. There's a path to do that. Yeah. And, and to me, there was no path. It was inconceivable mm-hmm. to even think about, because I just assumed a go-kart cost a bazillion dollars. And, you know, I yeah. had trouble getting the money to buy a bike. I, I bought a bike that was in pieces for I think like a dollar or something. It was just like, that's all I could do is get a bike that was wrecked and they just mm-hmm. putting it all together. And I don't know that I learned anything about money from that whole process other than I, this sucks. That's all I learned. I didn't learn how to get away from it or break out of it or go get it or have a positive view of it at all. I just learned this sucks and I can't do things. Yeah. And what that tells me is that your parents were probably too busy surviving to use that as a teachable time to teach you about money and what you could get and what you couldn't get. And hundred percent. I mean, I would see my parents doing jobs that even as a little kid, I knew they couldn't possibly like doing this. Right. Kind of thing. And just that, Okay, well, they're down there working, and that's the way that's the way they're doing things. Mm-hmm. And while that did all that did to me, it, it didn't create in me a desire to go uh, become academically successful and get a professional career. Honest to God, those things weren't. I wasn't capable of thinking that. It never occurred to me. Like my grandfather once, your great grandfather, <clears throat> once told me that he would support me in some way if I would go to law school. Hmm. Um, and it it never occurred to me that I could go to law school. But or, that one's interesting because actually your father went to law school for a while. He failed at going to law school. Yeah, but it's interesting that it didn't occur to you that you could. Do well, that. what occurred to me was that it's very hard, and oh, my dad I do see. It, why would I? So that's the le- Oh, yeah. All my okay. lessons seem to be rather negative lessons around these kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you think about it. I was lucky I broke out. I mean, look where where my life was, right? I was but a see, soldier. Th- let me just say, I want to yeah. hear what you're saying, but let me just say how you broke the cycle there. Because for me, all I ever heard growing up is, you could go to law school. Your grandfather <laughs> went to law school. Did you know your grandfather went to law school? He went to oh, law school. Oh. It didn't oh. work out. He didn't finish, but he went to law school. And I never got the negative part of that. So you, that's, that's from so you. Cool. You did that. I overcame that. 
Yeah. And okay. My, so you went to the military, you were about to say. <clears throat> I went to the military, of course, learned nothing about money there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then came out and was a river guide. And all I knew was that it, everything I, I had to live on very little, right? Which I did. But it never, it never occurred to me that I could break out of that realistically in any way, shape or form mm-hmm. until I nearly drowned that guy, right? And, and and this guy invited me to come and be uh, in his world. And had I not walked through that door, <clears throat> I don't know what would have happened exactly. I mean, I've got lots of friends who are still river guides, right? And they're struggling. I mean, you get to be in your 60s and 70s and your your skill set is river guide. You know, you have no money put away. It's really rough, really, yeah. really rough. And so... For me, it was being introduced to this other world that I had never been in. Even as an officer in the military, I never touched that world hmm. where, you know, I, I remember a, a guy came down to uh, Panama in a yacht and he had been a friend of a, he was a mentor to one of my roommates from when I was in my one year of college. And um, they notified me he was coming through the Panama Canal. And so I checked in with my uh, senior officers and they were like, yeah, yeah, take it. Let's go ahead and go through the canal. We'll, we'll cover for you. Cool. So I went through the canal on this guy's yacht. Cool. And it had, I never heard about that. I didn't. It was pretty no. cool. I was so exhausted. I slept the whole time. It was ridiculous. I can imagine. And I'm sure <laughs> they were just like <laughs> excited to have you there and give you some rest. Oh, it was pretty sweet. But I never... It didn't suddenly impel me toward wanting to have a lifestyle that would include a yacht. It was just, and it was a brief experience in my life. Mm-hmm. It even, even when this guy, my mentor, was pushing me to be interested in investing, it wasn't a thought I could have. It just simply didn't make any sense. So I really get it when people can't think about getting an education. What, what's the point? You can't think about the thing after that. So the only thing that did it for me was I was freezing in the winter out in Flagstaff and I decided to go to this guy's house in California, mostly to get warm. And it was just a nice offer and I could be in a nice place. And mm-hmm. I went there and and then in that lifestyle, I started to see it, right? Mm-hmm. Started to see, oh, this guy was like me and he has all this. And... I don't know if I can. Oh, well, see, there's representation. You know how people constantly are saying like having representation is so important. Seeing somebody who looks like you, who acts like you, has the same background as you, who's your eight, whatever, one of those things, seeing that they can do it, that they have done something, it changes everything. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, particularly because this guy really did come from a harder knocks life even than mine. He was you know, a, a uh, Mexican guy who came across maybe not so legally and mm. figured out his way, figured out his way. I don't know how the hell he did it. Yeah, that's hard. Talk about wow. a big leap, right? But he helped me make a leap. I, I think just because he was just interested in me because of being on the river trip for two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And going through that really close call on, on Crystal. And... That was enough to where he was interested enough to sit and spend a little bit of time talking about things that my father couldn't have ever talked to me about because he didn't know. Well, them. he didn't know about that. No experience of it yeah. at all. Right. 
And so, man, like, what did you call that? Representing or something? Representation. Representation. So having this guy knowing, having, having had him tell me about his background and have him tell me about how he started with nothing. And then he's living in one of the most beautiful homes in La Jolla, California, looking over the bay mm-hmm. with Rolls Royce and a Ferrari in the And garage. for the first time, you're able to see yourself in somebody who's done something yeah. that you want to do. Yeah, I could see myself in him. And it wasn't that I could see myself in the car, actually. It's so weird. I couldn't see myself in the house or in the cars. It was actually embarrassing to be in the car hmm. because it was so over my position in society. Frankly, I agree that that's completely embarrassing. Go ahead. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I thought, God, anybody that I ride motorcycles with sees me in this car, it's like, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> this is not where long hair motorcycle rider guys sit in a Rolls Royce. It really felt very awkward, but I I got the sense that I could go where he went. Yeah. And that was enough. I didn't know what I would do if I'd gone there, but I knew if he could do it, then maybe I could do it too. And mm-hmm. I think honestly, that's one of the driving forces of the whole education company that we do, the whole podcast that we're doing is just, you know, for you guys, just letting you know that we're, I mean, I'm a pretty ordinary person. I, I have come from, you know, a blue collar kind of sweat you sweat to make your money kind of a life for many, many, many years. And then, you know, got wealthy. And I think you guys can do it too. I don't think that there's you anything You guys being listeners. Listeners. Yeah, you, you listeners, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a and, lovely place to stop, I think. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe we can talk some more about how you teach a kid. Yeah. I think it's a cool subject. But I think anyway, it's a this good is a good place one. for us to stop right here. And okay. uh, we'll pick it up next time. We have been so philosophical lately. Yeah, I'm kind of enjoying I'm getting it. Old, I hope man. everybody else is enjoying it. <laughs> I'm, I'm making you guys part of my legacy, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> it's great talking. Honey, I love you. Thanks, everybody. And, uh, I love you, to too. Next one. See ya. Bye. Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding, they really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.